Yeah. Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's homo superior. <laughs> it's issue 134, and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Kaylin. Not in person. Yeah. We're doing this remotely. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. I'm Brent Wingate. <laughs> I forgot the order at the table I'm, that we are recording. I'm, so, like, ups I'm up so upset that our order on the Zoom is different from our order in the, the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how's everybody doing this? Um, Not well. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, after Kaylin and I were correct, Ryan went down the hole and then you went first. Well, this started off really well. Uh, well, we're in week, uh, week five of social distancing, and we have found a way to be connected uh, and record this podcast. Uh, and Brent's going to talk, talk about a little bit about how we're doing it. I mean, it's Zoom. Uh, <laughs> and unlike other more professional podcasts, we don't have any uh, microphones uh, or anything to improve our audio quality. We also don't have headphones, which is something that every uh, human being has in 2020. Well, so we have all of those. It's just at your house and does not work with our computers at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going back to the audio quality we had on episode one, uh, which means <laughs> tinny. Uh, we're going to get some good reviews. Oh, gosh. We're going to blow out people's eardrums. Well, yeah, there's a lot less squealing, I think, that's going to be involved, uh, at least. Maybe. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> One person. Okay. Uh, so, but, uh, so we're still trying to figure out how to get better audio quality <laughs> to work remotely. But in the meantime, we're going to be playing a uh, little game uh, that involves you, the audience. Um, Mark, did you? Oh, sorry. What? Never mind. I was going to okay. say, did you watch SNL when they did the when they were doing this whole Zoom thing? There was so much tinny shit where I didn't understand what the hell was going on half the time because the sound quality was so bad. Are you saying yeah. we're better than SNL, Clark? Because I agree with you. In we're some cases, <laughs> no. Anyways, what are we doing, Brent? Well, we're doing a March Madness uh, because the real March Madness was canceled. Um, also, it's April. Virus. What's that? <laughs> It's a April. problem. Oh. You know, I can't be interrupted. I'm an artist. So we're doing our own version of March Madness. We're calling Mutant Madness, where we are going to be putting up X-Men teams against each other. Um, Adam, do you uh, want to take it away? The year is 2020. It is a bleak time. Plagues ravage the globe. Demagogues run our countries, and toilet paper is nearly extinct. The citizens of the world cry out for hope and physical touch. Instead, they get homo superior mutant madness. Yes, that's right. Over the next three months, we've assembled the very best of X-Men teams split across four regions to duke it out to determine who is mutant team supreme. X-Men teams from over 50 years of history will be pitted against each other including true X-Men teams like the original five, young teams like New Mutants, paramilitary teams like every X-Force, and even the weird like X-Statics. The best part, you'll even have a chance to win. Brent, you wanna tell everybody what the rules are? Yeah, I'm not gonna do it like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate so, that movie. 
we matched up uh, a bunch of teams using our perfect selection process uh, TM. Every person on Homo Superior will score the teams using our perfect five characteristic scoring process. And so we're going to assign one to 10 points for each uh, team's level of power. So what uh, powers the team actually had, their dynamics, so how good was the character selection? How well do they play off of each other? Their general impact. So how much did this team advance the X-Men, their place in the Marvel Universe, and the greater universe that we actually live in? Uh, general quality, which is somewhat of a catch-all. It's going to be how good the storytelling is, how good the dialogue is, and uh, especially a big component of that will be the art quality. And then lastly, queerness. How fabulous is the team? So, Can you say those again with numbers before them and then just the first word? Yeah, number one, power. Number eight, dynamics. Number 74, impact. Wait, sorry, did you want numbers in order or any random number? How about Go imaginary numbers? <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so number one is power. Number two, dynamics. Number three, impact. Number four, general quality. And number five, queerness. Okay. I love that all of these categories sound like image characters from the 90s, including general quality. Yeah. They're, <laughs> uh, that's one of the new uh, uh, Krakoa mutants, general quality. Uh, so if you think any of these metrics are unfair, by the way, just so you know, Stanley requested this in his will, and by objecting, you're basically spitting on the grave of a dead man. I injected his blood into my system, and therefore <laughs> I was able to create these. I thought we left the blood at Brent's. Did you? Yeah, go I'll tell you something. Yeah, you don't know. I've got a syringe one day. Just got a little bit. There's more. If you yeah. don't, if you don't uh, store that shit properly, it begins to rot. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh ideas from Jack Kirby. Yeah, Stanley's blood uh, was about as creative as he was. Um, okay, so uh, how can you play? Uh, so, Homo Superior listeners can play to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Ooh. Ooh. Paper, disinfectant, masks. Dildos. Uh, all you have to do is fill in a bracket and email it to us at homosuperiorpodcast at gmail.com. That's homosuperiorpodcast at gmail.com with the subject line, Mutant Madness Bracket, and your name. Each correct guess on which team wins gets one point, and the person with the most points wins. All submissions are due by Wednesday, April 22nd at midnight. Eastern. The important thing is that if you have any issues with the system, just know that we're going to defend it to our deaths as the perfect way for deciding which X team is the best. Again, it's Homo Superior Podcast at Gmail with the subject line Mutant Madness Bracket in your name. You can find the link to fill in a bracket at SoundCloud, where Homo Superior Podcast, iTunes, which is going to be Homo Superior, on Twitter at Homo Superior X, on Instagram, Homo Superior Podcast, and each of those will have a wonderful link. I think now we should probably get into the brackets. Is that right? That sounds right. And I can take it away, Brent. Um, so, Kaylin, why don't you take it away? <laughs> We're just as good at transitions as we are normally. You yeah. know what I love about Zoom? Nothing. You love <laughs> timing. Nothing. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So like this is, we're trying to emulate a normal uh, March Madness bracket as much as possible. So we've got 64 different uh, X teams and we've got four categories that Adam briefly mentioned, but I'm gonna go over them again. The first bracket is your traditional X-Men team. The second bracket are the young teams like New Mutants, Generation X, et cetera, et cetera. The third bracket are kind of the weird miscellaneous ones that are a little bit harder to categorize, like Excalibur, X-Factor, or X-Statics. And then the fourth are like the, you know, the proactive paramilitary types, think X-Force. So I'm gonna quickly go over the X-Men uh, teams and I'll turn it over to Ryan to talk about the young and then Clark's gonna finish it off with weird miscellaneous and paramilitary. And then I'm gonna briefly talk about the teams that didn't quite make it, that are cutting board. So going to the traditional X-Men team, the first one, it's the uh, original five. Classic. Uh, Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Beast, Angel, Iceman, and of course Professor X being the headmaster, starting, starting off by Stanley and Jack Kirby in the 60s. The second team is the all new, all different X-Men that was launched with giant size X-Men number one in the mid 70s, first by Len Wein and then taken over very quickly by Chris Claremont. And this is the team that brought in Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, um, and then we saw Phoenix and Dark Phoenix, Kitty Pride, and a few others join this team. They're going far, I can feel it. The third team uh, is, um, is still the Claremont era, but it's what we're calling the Outback era, which starting from the Mutant Massacre, going all the way up to the Muir Island saga. Uh, so that includes Fall of the Mutants, it includes Inferno, includes uh, the like like as I said the Outback era where they were living in Australia with Gateway and this is the team that brings in Rogue, Dazzler, Havoc, Longshot, Psylocke um, and of course uh, mainstays like Storm and Colossus were part of this team as well. Uh, then we go into the early 90s relaunch of the X-Men the first one being X-Men Blue which was launched uh, with X-Men number one in 1991 this was the team with Cyclops, Wolverine, Jubilee, Gambit, Psylocke, and Rogue. Um, and Jim Lee really like made his signature splash during this era uh, as one of uh, the preeminent X-Men artists. Their counterparts were X-Men Gold, which was a team led by Storm, and it had Jean Grey, Iceman, Archangel, and Colossus. And this is where Bishop was introduced on the team. That lasted for a number of years. And then after um, the Onslaught and Operation Zero uh, Tolerance storylines, the team reformed uh, as a kind of a ragtag bunch with characters like Maggot, Marrow, Cecilia Reyes, and then brought in uh, characters like Wolverine, Iceman, Banshee, um, and Cyclops, and Jean Grey, and Storm came back. Then we go into the Grant Morrison era, uh, New X-Men, which uh, saw Emma Frost join Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast and Wolverine. Uh, and then we Hoping have the maligned Chuck Austin era, which was kind of concurrent with Grant Morrison, but went a little bit longer. And it had uh, Nightcrawler, Iceman, Archangel, Wolverine, Juggernaut, and brought in the uh, beloved, and I say that word in quotes, beloved, Stacey X. Uh, I beloved her. I beloved her a lot. <laughs> you're the one. You're the one fan. Um, and then uh, Joss Whedon came on to do his run of Astonishing X-Men, uh, which had a classic team of Emma Frost, Wolverine, Cyclops, Kitty Pride, Beast, and introduced a new character, uh, Armor. Then we have uh, a ra another ragtag team of X-Men that was led by Rogue, uh, 
featuring Cannonball, Iceman, Mystique, Cable, uh, uh, Lady Mastermind, Sabretooth, and the Omega Sentinel that we've been seeing in the beginning of the Hickman era. Following House of M, we have the Decimation era, Utopia X-Men, where they relocated to San Francisco and then on the, on the uh, Isle of Utopia off of the California coast, which had Cyclops, Emma Frost, Wolverine, Angel, Beast, and Dr. Nemesis. Um, and then we have a team that was all women uh, in a title uh, written by Brian Wood, which featured Storm, Rogue, Psylocke, Rachel Gray, Kitty Pride, and Jubilee. Following Schism, we had the Extinction team um, and uh, right around uh, the Avengers versus X-Men team uh, featuring Cyclops, Storm, Emma Frost, Magneto, Namor, Colossus, Hope, Danger, Magic, Gold Balls, Tempest, Triage, and Morph. Um, and then uh, this is an era that's, uh, that actually started off the Home Severe podcast, Resurrection, uh, we saw the second version of X-Men Gold, uh, a team led by Kitty Pride, uh, featuring uh, Rachel Gray going as Prestige, still one of the worst code names ever, uh, Storm, Colossus, Old Man Logan, uh, Ink, Iceman, <laughs> Ink, Ink, more like Stink, Iceman, Magic, and Rogue. Nailed it. And then we've got the uh, uh, Tom Taylor uh, written X-Men Red, which lasted only about 11 issues, but ha definitely has its fans. And then finally, because we are a gay podcast, we had to mention what we were calling the quote-unquote gay astonishing X-Men, written by Marjorie Liu, uh, which featured Northstar, Iceman, Karma, Gambit, Wolverine, Warbird, and Cecilia Reyes. And this run featured the marriage of Northstar. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan to talk about the young X-Men. Well, wait, before we get into the young X-Men, yeah, Ryan, uh, Clark, what do you think about this, uh, this bracket? What do you think about this branch? Who are you hoping for? Who do you hate? Oh, Lord. <laughs> go, someone go tell me how to look at it. Do you Don't wanna, throw do you this on me. Yeah, okay, well, Ryan can also answer. Um, well, here's the thing. I'm pulling hard for uh, X-Men Blue. But, you know, gold is really coming up on the the tail end of it. So I'm really hoping for them to do well as well. Um, I, we have a lot of classic teams on this base. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just hoping for some good results, you know? You know, oh. the original five has been killing it since the start of the 60s run. And I am willing to see them through to the end. Um, I'm going to save a lot of my picks for the bracket. This is Adam, by the way, just talking in a really shitty voice. Um, but, I, <laughs> but I do think that... Um, I know we put the bracket together, but I'm glad that the X-Men teams are in their own specific uh, region because I think, you know, we'd probably end up with just all four. There's just so much power in this team, a lot of queerness and really good team dynamics. You know, obviously everyone loves the flagship titles, um, at least, you know, as I would assume people like the, the flagship titles the most uh, of many of these things. So, but uh, I think my big- Adam, if I may, yeah, it, it's really the teams that started it all. You know, <laughs> you know, you can't beat a classic. I'm very, I am very into the '91 blue and gold because that's like where my readership picked up. So I'll definitely be sliding in a little bit of my uh, own biases into the ratings. It's See, also I, for the X Men animated series that was so popular. Right. I like a good ragtag team, as you know. So I'm pushing for the Outback era. I just mm. like how weird it got. How the characters were like. Not the main ones at all. I don't know. That's what I'm heading for in my mind, at least. 
Do you guys think that, you know, because we've got the original five, they are kind of iconic. It is a very, it's a decent run that just because they're the first, they're basically a shoe in to win. No, no. not at all. Uh, that, that series was canceled for a reason. Yeah. And they're they're way under power too, if you compare some of the general notes. And you know, Iceman's wasn't even gay back then. So he was really always gay. He was just uh, not out. If you haven't read some of those issues, he's always like when Jean Grey comes on, it's like, ew, a girl. Like <laughs> As we all do. As we all do, because we're misogynists. <laughs> I mean, personally, like the Morrison era is my favorite. This is Kalen, by the way. Uh the Morrison era is like one of my favorites, but it'd be hard pressed to beat the all new, all different team that started in 1975. I mean, that like, yes. that's the stage for so many storylines that we know and love and have been endlessly copied uh, and endlessly adapted uh, in other media. So, um, I mean, if that doesn't win this bracket, I would be shocked. One of us has to be a spoiler and just like destroy and be a bracket buster for people by just overly getting involved and naysaying it. Are you? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't want to, but I'll shot. do it. I know it's got a long shot, but I am hopeful that uh, X-Men Red does make mm. it long bit, mostly because it was a fun That's run, a fun, you know, and it was kind of one of the first times I actually enjoyed Jean, and I love Trinary. I just think she's a great character. She's yeah. a great character. You're right. They've got a good start, because Decimation Era, Utopia X-Men, no one seems to give a shit about. Or at least I, I like don't. that run a lot. People that matter don't give a shit about it. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, do you want to take us away on the Young X-Men? Adam. I would love to. Um, so Young X-Men, what we're concentrating on here is the new generation of X-Men. So we're not doing the ones that we commonly know. So we're going to start it off with our first one, which is New Mutants, which is the original class. That's Cannonball, Karma, Mirage, Sunspot, Wolfsbane, Magic, Warlock, and Magma. So that went from 83 to about 1990. Um, and then next up, we're gonna recover, or oh, <laughs> cover, uh, Fallen <laughs> Angels. Uh, that one has Sunspot, Vanisher, Gomi, Ariel, Chance, Siren, Multiple Man, and Boom Boom. This is a real fucking ragtag group. Uh, next up after that is Rusty fucking Collins. <laughs> Kids. Is that a boom, sex boom. Boom. No, it's a cocktail. <laughs> Have it's you had boom. one? They're it's pretty boom. good. Uh, Artie, Wiz Kid, and Richter. This is a real ragtag group, so I can only assume Clark will be into this one. You, you didn't. You, the name is Exterminators. Yeah, did I not say that? No. Exterminators. Um, they, so. they came about in 1988. Um, Next one, that's sort of a big one over this generation, is Generation X, which is Banshee, Emma Frost, they're the founders, and then we have Jubilee, Chamber, Skin, M, or Monet, and Sync, and Mondo. So then right after that, we have Counter X, Generation X, which is confusing, but it's basically a trimmed down team that consists of Chamber, Jubilee, Husk, and Skin. And this was in the early 2000s of the Generation X run. Um, next up is New X-Men slash Academy X. This is Elixir, Hellion, Dust, Gentle, Rock Slide, Prodigy, Anal, Surge, and Pixie. <laughs> so this is um, 
a pretty large cast, and this was done in their uh, around 2006 to eight. And then right after this run uh, came Young X Men, which is should not win and will never win. Um, this team involves Anal, Blindfold, Cipher, Dusk, Gray Malkin, also a gay, Ink, Rockslide, and Wolf Cub. This sounds like somebody, that team sounds like somebody opened a dictionary and just chose a bunch of random words as the team. Yeah, uh, yeah they were kind. literally like, you know what hasn't been used in front of X-Men before? Young. Okay, <laughs> it's Guggenheim. Of course it. it's nonsense. Yeah, they, just, they just did a random word search on a Clark Gable film. <laughs> <laughs> they did it because of the popularity Wolf of Young. Cub. So um, Mark Guggenheim, or Googie as we like to call him, put <laughs> this together in 2008 for one year, one terrible year. Um, right after that, we have Decimation, New Mutants. This involves more of the original team. Magic, Warlock, Cypher, Sunspot, Moonstar, Karma, Magma, Cannonball. And then they added some new faces in terms of Blink and X-Man. And also the newest face that they added was just called Face. Um, and that went from 2009 to 2012. And that was Zeb Wells and Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning that did that. Uh, a few a few years later, the lights, or what they call as Generation Hope, came about. Um, they originated in Uncanny X Men five twenty six, um, where Hope Summers actually put together a team, um, and then it uh, turned into a mini series called Generation Hope from two thousand ten to twelve. Um, and this team involved Hope Summers, Transonic, Velocidad, Oya, Primal, Zero, Pixie. And No Girl, which is a floating fucking brain. Um, next up is X-Men Blue. This is the original five team that has been time displaced. Beast went back in time and grabbed the original X-Men to bring back and really make the X-Men look at who they are. Um, this team involves Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Beast, Iceman, Angel. And um, they added Magneto, Polaris, and Danger. And then they also added... Uh, the all-new Wolverine, which is X-23, Bloodstorm, um, and a few others over the years. Um, this was trying to go back to uh, basics, and Brian Michael Bendis actually put this team together. Generation X-2 also came out. This was in 2017. This was a team consisting of Jubilee as sort of a mentor, Kid Omega, iBoy, Nature Girl, Bling, Morph, and Hindsight. So this is a really queer team that came about oh. in 2017. Who um, the fuck is the same thing. We watched, we read this. Yeah, but we which one was it? it was he the was one the one read. with the dainty little gloves. Oh, oh that was his code oh, name? Great. Okay. Because yeah. you can only see people's pat. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so, so that was actually written by Christina Strain. We liked that one for a little yes. bit. Um, I'm rooting uh, that one. Next up was Prokoa New Mutants. This is the current new uh, run that's going on right now. This is all the classic team that we know and love. Um, they're actually spending time in space, but the other team on Earth is Armor, uh, Magma, Glob Herman, Maxine, and Manon which are two terrible people. This is written by Jonathan Hickman and Ed Brisson. 
And then we have pre-dissemination. I can't say that word. Um, uh, we have a time before the new X-Men became the new X-Men. And this included Surge, Wind Dancer, Icarus, Elixir, Prodigy, and Wallflower. They were actually known as the New Mutants because it was a callback to the old school. Um, this took place between 2004 and 2005 before House of M. Um, next up is Spider-Man and the X-Men. This was a short run, one-year run, that included Spider-Man as their leader, Ernst, Glob Herman, Shark Girl, Rockslide, Hellion, and No Girl. And then next up, uh, New Mutants, Dead Souls. This is, was an interesting team consisting of Strong Guy, Wolvesbane, Richter, Magic, Karma, and Boom Boom. This was only a miniseries that lasted in 2018. Um, but it spawned off a bunch of stuff after that. And then our last one that we're going to actually cover is Wolverine and the X-Men. So this had a large cast of a bunch of known X-Men actually being the mentors or the teachers of the school. But the, the thing that is notable for is introducing uh, other characters of being sort of like the new class, which included Brew, Shark Girl, Sprite, Kid Gladiator, Oya, Krakoa Jr., little guy, Nature Girl, and um, a few others that they uh, introduced along the way as well. Mm, so that so. is encompassing of all the young generation of what the X-Men are. So one thing to prove is that there are so many teams that, the, that Marvel just reuses again. <laughs> yeah. There are three generation X teams. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think it's there are, there's like events? 17 new mutant teams too. Yeah, they're not. We're gonna see. There's a lot. We're gonna see a, a ton of X forces later. <laughs> um, um, yes. Why don't you? Uh, well, uh, well yeah. hot, hot takes. What is everyone feeling about these? I'm I mean, really... new mutants original is gonna be hard to be. It Correct. will be, but I think my favorite run is the sort of. Um, decimation era like new mutants when they brought the team back together and i it's i love that it was just like they're all it's like we're we were friends at one point we should still hang out together and they don't really call themselves the new mutants in the book they, it's just the title is called that because they're mm -hmm. recognizable characters like karma and moonstar and cannonball and sunspot from world I, I know. Will, I will say in the early 2000s though there was a great run of new x-men which have mm -hmm has pretty much a lot of the characters that are like floating around the comics right now are just like characters that, that are always young. They've been around for maybe 10 years and they're still 14, 15, 16. So yeah. we have like rock slide, we have armor, we have anal, we have like a bunch of them that we love so much that have like so much history, but they haven't grown up. So I think those well, might it's, be, it's it's because we love them so much. Not a lot of people. <laughs> oh, no, a lot of people are talking about if, them. Oh, yeah. if we're allowed to give a 30 out of 10 for queer, no. which I'll do, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for Gen X uh, version 2. I, I like the series, but I know, I know the, probably the least about these uh, younger teams. I definitely didn't read much um, when I was uh, a wee-in. And I, it just, it's funny to see there's so many new mutant teams that literally have the same cast on them. So it's definitely going to come down to, does this cast have yeah. people or seven people? 
I'm most, uh, I want to know which of the 18 Gen X teams is going to win. And I also want to know, I'm very excited to see the Wolverine versus Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Because it's two closeted gay men leading a team of X-Men. <laughs> and I'm most hopeful the for Spider-Man. Spider-Man one is weird, weird, weird. Well, it's got Glob Herman on it, so I'm fucking in. And Ernst, the old, the old woman baby. Um, I actually, what's interesting about what you asked Brent, I think in the X-Men region is actually my exact opposite reaction for the young teams where the X-Men blew the time displaced original five. I think that they're like bottom of the barrel for me. I think they, because even from a power perspective, I guess like over time, Jean Grey certainly built up, but it didn't seem like any of them actually really had good control of their abilities or did anything that was of uh, major consequence. So um, I'm assuming that even against the dull, Dead Souls version of the mutants, of the new mutants, that it's going to be a, a pretty big watch for them. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it away on the weird and uh, I guess paramilitary. Let's do the weird first. Yeah, so there was this whole chunk of stuff we didn't know how to put together. So this is basically our X, Excaliburs and your X-Factors mostly. And then there's Otter teams, which we'll go through in a little bit. So we start off with original X Factor, which is, you know, the original five. So I'm not going to name them. That started in 1986 with Bob Layton, Lewis Simonson, and Walt Simonson as writers and illustrators. Next is Excalibur, which is the 88 team, which is right after Mutant Massacre, where North, uh, Night, excuse me, Nightcrawler and Shadowcat get really fucked up. So they chip themselves off to Britain. So the team is Captain Britain, Megan, Nightcrawler, Phoenix, which is the Rachel Gray, Shadow Cat, and then they shoved in some weirder ones later. Um, that's Alan Davis and Chris Claremont. Next one is all new, all different X Factor. So this is after our boring original X Factor group split up, um, joined up to the regular team again, and with Extinction Agenda, Alex Summers took over with Havoc, Polaris, Strong Guy, Wolfsbane, Madro, Quicksilver and Val Cooper, who was their liaison with the government. So this was a government like sponsored team. This was Peter David was the creator, Larry Stroma was illustrator. Uh, next is the weirdest one probably in this entire thing, maybe Fallen Angels might be okay with it, uh, Ecstatics, which is a team that basically stole the name X-Force for a while and then created their own team. This is Peter Milligan's and Mike Aldridge's like baby uh, characters, most of which died basically issue by issue. Uh, Orphan, Duke, who obviously we know Duke because he's stuck around forever somehow. Anarchist, Dead Girl, You Go Girl, Fat, Spike, Vivisector, Mr. Sensitive, and Venus de Milo. We got two gays in there, uh, Vivisector and Fat. That, that list sounds like insults in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you up, you but, 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 but he fat, P-H-A-T. Uh, Anyways, really, Fat really and Vivisector not. were both gay. But they didn't. They weren't like sexually interested in each other, so they weren't a couple, which I kind of loved. Because that's how gay people work. Yeah, men. And <laughs> yeah, they're on the same team, but they're yeah, like. Yeah, we don't eh. sleep with people we're not into at all. All right. <laughs> Next one is seemingly one of the newer teams from 2001. Is the Exiles, which was a team of like reality hoppers. The only one who was part of our universe was Beak, and this started. This came out out of um. Age of Apocalypse, which is Age of Apocalypse, Blink, and Sabretooth are involved in this series. So it is Blink, Nocturne, Morph, Mimic, Thunderbird, Beak, 
Nemora, Magic, Sasquatch, and Sabretooth. Um, Nocturne is the daughter of Scarlet Witch and Nightcrawler, and she ended up in our universe for a while, and we'll mention her again shortly. And by that I mean immediately. So, New Excalibur, which is Claremont's dog shit run from 2005, had Captain Britain, Pete Wisdom, Juggernaut, Dazzler, Nocturne, and Sage. And this team was nonsense. Mike Ryan was the illustrator. And this is when Dazzler suddenly couldn't die, so they kept killing her off and bringing her back, and that's never been explained again. Next team, Clark, obviously... please don't bring that up. No. <laughs> Next team is my favorite team. It's X-Factor, which is the series that spun out of House of M, written by Peter David once again. He had a miniseries first. And this is X-Factor Investigations, led by Multiple Man, then Layla Miller, Siren, Wolfsbane, M, Richter, Shatterstar, Darwin, Strong Guy, Punkshot, everybody. So many. Um, I mean, obviously, I fucking love it. Oh, yeah, and Pip the Troll, who is a nonsense character that I absolutely love. And he was a filthy motherfucker in it. <laughs> New to next team, the team that spun off of New Excalibur, that piece of shit Claremont mess. Um, is New Excaliburs are Sabretooth, Morph, Rogue, Sage, Cat, Psylocke, and Mystique with a Q. We got a, uh, a genderqueer, even more so genderqueer Mystique out of this one. And most of these were actually our team, our team, our universe characters. Next one is Marauders, which is the current Krakoa Marauders, which led by Kate Pride, who's dead currently, spoilers. <laughs> Emma Frost. Storm, Iceman, Bishop, and Pyro back from the dead. And that obviously came out in 2019. Gary uh, Dugan and Matteo Loli. Uh, next is another Krakoa team, Krakoa Excalibur. The worst Excalibur team, in my opinion, except for new Excalibur. Characters, Captain Britain, as portrayed by Betsy Braddock. Gambit, Rogue, Apocalypse, Jubilee, Richter, and Chogo as a dragon. And that's Teeny Howard and Marcus Toe as creators. Next one is one that I forgot existed. I'm pretty sure we all forgot existed because it's moderately inconsequential. Is the Muir Island Excalibur, which is Wolfsbane, Warlock, Nightcrawler, Megan, Captain Britain, Lockheed, Douglock, and other folk. Day Tripper. <laughs> so this is when this is when Nightcrawler oh, no. was one of the mutants is trying to stop me. It's other folk. <laughs> yeah, well that's Day Tripper because I forgot her name. So this is when Nightcrawler was sleeping with his adoptive sister. And it, it's when um, the X office, the, the editors and stuff, decided Excalibur had gotten too away from the actual X-Men. So they just like got rid of anybody who wasn't actually an X-Men character and shoved all the X-Men characters back and all the X-Men characters into this one. So the next one is another one that was inconsequential that came after a bigger writer left. And that's post Peter David's X Factor run. It's written by John Francis Moore and, and Todd DeZago and Howard Mackey because it just went through so many iterations. Those characters are Havoc, Polaris, Sabretooth, Mystique, Wild Child, Forge, and Val Cooper, and Shard, which is, who is Bishop's sister, but also a, 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 not a clone, but a fake hologram version of her. Let's not get into this now. <laughs> so they wanted to, to they wanted to like bring this team up so people would actually read it again. So they brought a lot of villains in. Didn't work. Canceled many times. Next one is all new X Factor. This is when Peter David canceled his one series and then made another series that just had Polaris in it 
And the new team was Danger, Polaris, Quicksilver, Gambit, Cypher, and Warlock. It was really interesting because Polaris and Quicksilver were actually siblings at the time, even though they are no longer. And this was a team that was part of a, like an evil Google. Serval Industries was the one who created them. Next team is Dazzler's Extreme X-Men, which is another time hopping, uh, universe hopping team, excuse me. And it was our Dazzler and our Sage. Other characters are Howlet, Hercules, Corporate Scott, Corporal Scott Summers Corporate, Kurt Wagner, and the detached head of an evil Xavier. Um, so Howlet and Hercules were a gay couple in this, and it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Creators were Greg Pack and Steven Segovia. Um, the next from one an is ESPN Channel to Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next one is a very weird team that I fucking love, and it is the X Club, which popped out of Uncanny and was there. This series, I didn't realize how long this team was together from 2009 until at least when we were reading that abortion that was Weapon X in 2017. <laughs> So the team is Dr. Nemesis, Kavita Rao, Danger, Madison Jeffries, Beast, and Yuriko Takaguchi, and Archangel was the one who funded them all. So Yuriko Takaguchi was a character in Marvel that fought uh, Godzilla when they used to do a Godzilla series. And they he was only on this team for like three issues. But anyways, it's a bizarre team, and I fucking loved it. Next Sounds one like is you're another, making it up. Yeah. The next one is another weird one that is the star jammers but is the star jammers versus war of kings that spun out of something i'm going to mention later which is the rise and fall of the um uh, excuse me shiar empire and that's havoc polaris rachel gray i'm going to call him chode just because i want to phase a long, uh, long knife raza long knife that's spelled wrong someone corvus and lalandra and that series as i said of uh, the ones they actually had their own storylines uh, were Emperor Vulcan and X-Men Kingbreaker were the two miniseries and War of Kings that like they were focused on. That's Christopher Yost and a bunch of others. Abnett, Lanning, Pelletier, Weaver, Luque. Those are the creators. And that is the end of miscellaneous slash weird. So I know Fox's so favorite is the X-Factor Investigations, but I'm not- oh, a thousand percent. Uh, so well, let's make sure that that one doesn't advance. Um, that one is gay, 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 gay. Just kidding, Clark. Um, what are? Well, I'm tang, tang, tanking it. Uh, what are some of the other ones that folks gravitate towards? Even though that uh, Clark has uh, defamed the Mer Island Excalibur, I actually remember this run and I really liked it. Yeah. Good. I support uh, smaller runs. Yeah. How did you like it? Um, it was a different team. And it was like sort of a callback to the old Mer Island uh, uh, team, but like they modified it with some updated like sort of X-Men, which I kind of liked. I already mentioned a lot of my small ones that I like. Dazzler's Extreme X-Men, X-Club, and then Star Jammers. So there are a lot of ones that I want to see go on that probably will not. Mm -hmm. But there's enough in here that I've got a lot of babies in this race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably my favorite, other than Young X Men. This group. Having a lot We're of have babies. To slaughter the babies. I have, it's not a general expression. I have. What? Expression I've got a lot of horses in this omelet. It's not. No, but it's like you know, kill your darlings, kill your babies. Concept, okay. which is evolved with writing. Yeah, I really like the uh, Krakoa Marauders run. 
Um, yeah. I think in part because it's just it's a it's a segment in a larger story about Krakoa. So I don't know if on its own it probably is going to stand up for a very long time. But I think it's a very well written run. It's got Emma Frost and some of the best I've seen her. Um, and it really has reshaped Kitty Pride in a way that I don't think is the same kind of boring, flat character that well, she's, she's a corpse you know. now. What's that? Also, she's, she's a corpse. Pride. Well, yeah, but, but before she was a corpse, she was doing pretty good. At least better be dead <laughs> for co Marauders than be alive in X-Men Gold. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Very true. I um, have a lot of affection for Ecstatics because it was so fucking weird. Yeah. And the original, original Excalibur, which was the original weird team. Yeah. Like, it just blew my mind when I first started. I was like, this is yeah. so weird. Um, and it, like, lost some steam, I think, like, 30 issues into the series. But those, like, up to the cross-time caper, uh, I thought it was really, really well done. And to your point, Kaylin, even the the original X Factor too, like just had so, not the original. I'm sorry, the second uh, like second coming of X Factor. I do, yeah. I had so many like characters that are still around today that you don't see anymore. But I will give a, a shout out for the original original X Factor with the original five because that was where Apocalypse was introduced as a villain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Angel became Archangel. And you had gorgeous art for a good run of it. Walter Simonson, uh, Clark yes. mentioned him. He is such a good artist. So when we when we debate this, we'll I'll make my case. Yeah, uh, Ryan. We all will. Ryan, is Dazzler's Extreme X Men going to win it all, or win it all by a wide margin? <laughs> <laughs> the thing, if we're judging in um, all of these categories, I think. Remember, one of the categories pulling... is one of the categories is how much Dazzler does it have. <laughs> <laughs> Queerness. That's and luckily, a lot of these categories have a lot, yeah. but um, I think she'll be pulling ahead in a few of the areas. Um, yeah, that this is the best Dazzler has ever been, and they mm-hmm. they made her such a strong character here. When so many series make her kind of be like some idiot, or some you know like also ran. I yeah, yeah, and she might be an idiot, um, but like you can write her in a good way, you know. Uh, looking at the bracket, like it's also all about how you get set up and who you get set up with. And as much as I just, I the the star jammers are not going to win. I think no. they're. I I tend <laughs> to like them. They're not going to win. But like new exiles and star jammers, I feel like they can actually get somewhere because of who they're up against. So we all hate Krako Excalibur. So that's going to be a pretty easy uh, win loss. And then even the original X Factor. I think you're right, Kaylin. Is that probably the historic uh sort of impact that the original x factor had from the 80s um we'll probably clean out new exiles but i just love age of apocalypse and i'm, I'm just going to keep rooting for my favorites is what i'm going to do and then i'll lose <laughs> all right do you move on to the uh last category our uh our paramilitary yes our x-force basically we brought out we had like seven x-force teams and we were like let's bring a lot of x-men teams that seem like they'll fit in here so this is kind of a catch-all for the remainder. So we'll start off with Decimation Era X-Force, which is Wolverine, Warpath, X-23, Archangel, Domino, and then El- Elixir, Vanisher, and Wolfsbane. This was a team that came out. This is Cyclops' like kill strike, whatever team. Cyclops, that was yeah. so good. Yeah. Craig Yost, Craig Kyle, Chris mm-hmm. Yost, excuse me. 
and Clayton Crane as the illustrator. Uh, this is from 2008, and I absolutely love this theme. It is strange, interesting, dark, dark, dark. The best thing about it is that when the th first three issues came out, they did a com compendium that instead of them slaughtering people, it was rainbows and puppies that they were playing with. And it was so dumb. So the next one, I've clicked the thing incorrectly, is Uncanny X-Force, which is the one that immediately followed it, which is Wolverine, Psylocke, Phantom X, Archangel, Deadpool, and Deathlock, which Palin will talk about and love shortly. And that's Rick Remender, Jeremy Opena, and Asad Ribic. Weapon X. The less we talk about this, the better. <laughs> Old Man Logan, Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike, Warpath, and Domino. This series was really good for its onomatopoeia, but that's about it. It'll and that's, give Brent a chance to talk about the horses again. <laughs> that's true. They were And counts. any sound effect it has. All right, Weapon X, uh, that was 2017. It's Greg Pack, Fred Van Lint. Krakoa X-Force is next. We got our newest X-Force team right here, which is kind of the dark, uh, wet, wet, wet works of the of Krakoa. We got Wolverine, Black Tom, Jean Grey, Sage, Domino, Kid Omega, Colossus, and Beast being a fucking idiot per usual. <laughs> and creators are Benjamin Percy and Joshua Kassara. Next one is Extreme X-Men, which is back in the early 2000s when they just threw Claremont a bone. And yeah. it is rough. That is Storm, Bishop, Psylocke who immediately dies, Rogue, Sage, Thunderbird who doesn't matter, Gambit. That's Chris Claremont, Salvador LaRocca, and Alan Davis. Next team, one of the millions of, uh, of X-Force teams that happened in like three weeks is Cable and X-Force. That's Cable, Domino, Colossus, Dr. Nemesis, Forge, Boom Boom, and Hope Summers. Creators are Dennis Hopeless and Salvador La Roca. At the same time we were doing that, we were suffering through Psylocke X-Force, which was Psylocke, Storm, Puck, Spiral, Bishop, and Cluster. He's one of the three versions of Phantom X for some reason. That's Sam Humphrey, Humphreys and Ron Garney. Right after those two, they got rid of them. They shoved in all new Marvel Now X-Force. That's Phantom X, Mero, Eva, Dr. Nemesis, Psylocke, Forget Me Not, and Meme slash Hope. That's a spoiler because it. it turns Stop out. It. There isn't a character named Forget Me Not. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We'll talk it's about him in a couple of weeks. Brent. You do oh, have we'll talk about him. He's, purpose, he's purposely not memorable. We'll talk about it. Anyway, Simon Spurrier and Rock He Kim are the creators. Uh, next one is X-Men Disassembled. This is the one we have to, they had to deal with when everyone else went to Age of X-Men, when Cyclops had a new team and they all died. Cyclops, Wolverine, Havoc, Medro, Magic, Juggernaut, Parmo, Wolfsbane, Banshee. Don't you remember when Wolfsbane was murdered by people no because she was like some yeah. weird transphobic thing but not? Just in the park on a bench. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fucked up. That was a mess. Matthew Rosenberg and Salvador LaRocca gave us that abortion. Next is Magneto's <laughs> X-Men, which was an uncanny, uh, the uncanny um, X-Men with Magneto, Sabretooth, Psylocke, Archangel, and M. Uh, creators Cullen Bunn and Greg Land. Next is Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire X-Men. This is when the, is right after, oh gosh, it's just deadly, 
deadly whatever what the hell was genesis. that called just lost deadly it. genesis yeah deadly genesis when we found out there was a second team of x-men with gabriel summers as the lead and he's the only one who survived well Dar darwin did as well anyways x-men go off into space and it's professor x havoc polaris warpath rachel gray and nightcrawler and hepzibah most of these people end up becoming the star jammers as mentioned before that's ed brubaker and philip tan next team is Gen Gen the genosha team uh. which all the x-men were just like busy being idiots and gone or anything so phoenix had to create a shitty team that's that phoenix so dazzler north star frenzy wraith omerta and sunpire i just nowadays at least four of those characters are fucking awesome back then they were all pretty not great at the time that only lasted for four issues and that's scott lobdell and salvador la roca next is another x-force the most recent x-force besides the krakoan one hey, oh excuse me no never mind that's the wrong one. anyways this is the this is the one right after the original x-force happened when cable left and they shoved in some old characters caliban warpath meltdown which is boom boom Shatterstar, Domino, Sunspot, Siren, and Moonstar. That's Jeff Loeb, who has gone downhill and doesn't have any television shows anymore. And John Francis Moore. Uh, the one I just was mentioning but incorrectly was next is Young Cable's X-Force. That's the one that came right before Krakoa. That's Young Cable, Shatterstar, Boom Boom, Warpath, Domino, and Deathlock. That only lasted 10 issues. That's Ed Brisson and Dylan Burnett. Two more to go. Counter X X Force. This is when the X X office was like, we need to like judge up these teams because no one's reading this shit. That's mm -hmm. Counter X X Force with Pete Wisdom, Cannonball, Warpath, and Meltdown. It's always a good series when you only have four characters. That's Warren <laughs> Ellis, Ian Edgington, and Will Portacio. And the last one is New Mutants slash X Force Cable Era. This is our X-Force. This is the original X-Force. That's Cable, Cannonball, Richter, Boom Boom, Sunspot, Feral, Shatterstar, Warpath, and Domino. And that is from 1990 on until forever. Rob Leefield gave it to us, and did he ever. Louis Simonson, <laughs> Baby and Nikiza, Greg Capullo, and Tony Daniel. And that's it. What a team selection. Wow. This is a terrible batch of fucking killers, I will say. <laughs> it's that's it, why they never last. They never I last. know. It's too, too much testosterone and they freak out. Um, just about every so single one of these here, ones. At least half the series here did not last past 12 issues. Yeah. For good reason. Um some of them, like they were just too grimdark to make it um, last. And this is where Clark and I would disagree because he loves the Decimation Era X-Force. And I really didn't, the one that Clayton Crane drew. Oh, and... I absolutely loved it. It started out really dark and I thought it got- Oh, I love that. A lot of people do. It just, I, I couldn't, like, I think the art was too muddy for me. And I just, like, it was hard to differentiate the characters. The version I love of X-Force is Uncanny X-Force, which Clark alluded to when he was going through the list. It was Rick Remender and uh, Jerome Opena um, and a bunch of other artists. And it was like Wolverine's little team with Phantom X, Psylocke, Archangel, um, yeah. Deadpool, and Deathlock. And what I liked about it was it, it, it dealt with the ramifications of being a killer, especially in the first couple of arcs. 
And then it got kind of weird uh, in a good way. Like they went to Otherworld uh, and dealt with the Captain Britain Corps. And one, one That's story. when I thought it got ungood. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually was like, oh, I'm in. They brought back. I actually, I, I like this run, but I hated the art in this run because sometimes it just looked like they were, you know, when that, that like doll thing where you have like a head, a body, and then like a lower half. That's what it looked like a lot of their art was doing. Where uh, I'm like, this head thing. doesn't match <laughs> up. It didn't make it's, any goddamn It's worse sense. When, when the things that they paint are like different sizes. So you got the head that suddenly ends and you got yeah. half a shoulder. Oh, it makes me mad, those things. So the art was mixed. The first couple of story arcs had wonderful art. Uh, Jerome Penna is phenomenal. And Isad Rebic is really good too. And both those artists have worked with Jonathan Hickman on Avengers and Secret Wars. But the really muddy art during the Otherworld arc, and I can't remember the artist, um, it was really hard to get into. Like, it was mm -hmm. really like a watercolor, but, like, I don't want to see, a, you know, Monet drawing X-Men books. Uh, I'll send you a few screenshots. You'll feel differently. The, <laughs> the team that I'm into that that is smaller, I really support the Cable and X-Force team, which is the team that only had, like, 12 issues which with Dr. Nemesis and Forge and everybody, it was really interesting. Boom Boom was fucking hilarious in it. She had an issue where it was just her and Domino, and it was yeah. brilliant. She had a jet ski, I believe. <laughs> there was a high-speed chase and an ambulance. It was good. Mm. Anyway. So, uh, as you guys have mentioned, a lot of these teams have a pretty action-y, testosterone-like... Uh, we're, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of kill, 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 bend uh, without necessarily having as much balance, I think, either in the art style or in the humor. Which team do you think is going to be best going forward against the other fields, which can play a little bit more with some dark themes, but also generally be more lighthearted? I think um, if we're just looking at general product of this entire X-Force line altogether, starting at the ankle all the way up, I think Rob Layfield's X-Force has the best shot. <laughs> yeah. Starting at the ankle all the way up, yeah. these are the classic characters. Everyone loves this team. People know X-Force has this team. Right. Yeah. Blood ankle, you mean. Blood ankle, yeah. <laughs> That's a great name for a character. Yeah, there's definitely a few standouts. I feel like this is actually the weakest uh, overall region. And I, I agree with you, uh, Ryan, that that feels to me like the one that will really stick out um, in all of, all of our minds collectively. But I do know that there were a few good runs uh, post-2000s. Uh, and I'm rooting for that Genosha team because it was so fucking bad that I just... I feel like maybe they'll ups they'll just upset us so much we'll just keep pushing them forward. <laughs> oh god. It is iconic how bad they are. Right. This might go down as the worst team ever. So like they could win on that. They're gonna get high marks for impact because everyone hated impact. the impact. <laughs> Brent though, to answer your question, um I think the uh I'm not even joking, like the original X Force, I think will go really far. Um because Layfield is a fucking joke, but at the time, like, he was so frigging popular. And what he did, like, creating, like, uh, or co-creating uh, the original testosterone, like, driven, like, proactive team, I think is big. And the other part of it is, like, once he left, the book actually kind of got good. 
Um, like when Greg yeah, Capullo certainly. was drawing it and Fabian Nicieza was writing it, it was actually, it was better than the X-Men books at the time. Um, it was like, like you saw these characters that had grown up together as the New Mutants. You saw them grow and you saw them like mature in their own kind of weird way. Um, like it's, it, I don't know how well it holds up because I haven't read it in a long time, but so I'm not, I love that stuff as a kid. All right. Yeah. That's the full spectrum of our uh, mutant madness bracket. And there'll be certainly lots of breaking up of uh, how we we go about our uh, debate. But I'm sure you're probably asking yourself, well, what about X? Uh, There were a lot of teams that didn't make the cut. And I think, Kaylin, you probably have the uh, best list of all people that had to be uh, left behind. Yeah, so this is the cutting board. Um, and just to note, these are all in the 616. Almost all of them are in the 616. There's a couple that were like in their own ver- various sort of universes, but we didn't really go into Age of Apocalypse, or Age of X-Men, or Age of X, any of those teams. Mutant um, X? That's yeah. the one exception, which I'll get into in a second. So starting from the cutting board, the first team that we cut uh, Clark referenced it with Vulcan and Darwin. It was the Deadly Genesis team. Uh, it was only in the miniseries that Ed, Bra- Ed Brubaker wrote and Trevor uh, Harrison drew. Um, the reason we took it out is because they didn't really have their own run. It was just a storyline within a miniseries and they became part of the, uh, the rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire. The next- this is a travesty. And I'm very sad about this one. Okay. Um, I think, I think they have lasting effects now. People constantly question when they're going to show up, mm-hmm. when they can possibly do something. So it saddens me, but I understand because it was just strictly like a miniseries. But um, people want to know so much more. I'm sorry? I was waiting for you to finish. Well, you were still talking, so I was confused. Because I thought you were fucking finished. No! No, uh, but a lot of people want to know about these characters because they only got a spotlight for a little bit of time. So I'm very interested to see even what they're doing in the current day because now that they're all live on Krakoa, spoilers. Yep. And we're still on Vulcan. What are you going to say, Clark? Petra and Sway and Vulcan are just like living it up on the moon right now. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't waste it. No, I I did want this team to be in... in, the, the bracket, but I, did, I didn't think, as Palin said, I didn't think they had their own story within it. It was more a story about our X-Men learning about their team instead of their X-Men doing things. Totally. So the next why we okay. removed it. Uh, so the next team that we cut was uh, Claremont's first return uh, in the year 2000 when he took over both Uncanny X-Men and regular X-Men. And the reason why we cut it, it was like, it was really hard to figure out what differentiated it from everything else. Um, they didn't really seem to have a raison d'etre except for the fact that Claremont came back. I remember being excited that he was back because the X-Men in the late 90s had just lost a lot of steam. Uh, and then when he got on, I was like, no, this is actually worse. So I'm glad we cut it. And also- so we kept extreme, extreme X-Men was, came out of that. So that's what we kept and counted at his Era. And and just I was going to say earlier with, when you talk about Extreme X Men, um, Clark, it was there was a title of Extreme X Men, and then Claremont took over Uncanny X Men, and that's what he did with Alan Davis. But it was continuing mm-hmm. storyline from Extreme. So remember when this Rachel turned into a thing? dinosaur? That was yeah. tough. That was tough. <laughs> As a practical matter, Claremont has enough opportunities to win. 
This, yeah. <laughs> right? He doesn't yeah. need more He's doing fine. We could, we could have had four Claremonts at the end. Yeah. <laughs> One of our brackets branches could have been Claremonts runs. We literally I, could. We could have New Mutants, Excalibur, Extreme gonna, X-Men, well, and X-Men. 16 years, and then you wrote it for like another five to six years after that. Yeah. I was going to say, as uh, creator teams win, we should certainly tag them, but maybe not the ones that Clark referred to as an abortion of a series <laughs> during this preview. <laughs> Claremont still run. I'll say this really quickly. Claremont even had a run where uh, he was given free reign to like continue the X Men uh, if he had never left after X Men number three in 1991. Uh, it was not yeah. good. Not great. <laughs> then he had X Men Forever. He just yeah. He needs to so stop. The next one that we cut off was um, a very controversial pick. It was when Peter Milligan, who write who wrote Ecstatics had his uh, short run on X-Men. It lasted for, I want to say, about a year, year and a half. Uh, we wanted to keep it because it was so fucking weird, and it didn't really work, but um, we just had to make some cuts, so we decided to cut that one. Just like when Emma Frost was going to cut her face open in that series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or because when a Golgotha, giant slug showed up at yeah, the fucking Golgotha. X mansion and like brainwashed them. I'm so confused. It, 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 it was it was where Jesus was uh, where Jesus was killed. <laughs> Not joking. It was it was the hill where Jesus was killed. The original mutant Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a mess. Next one we cut was uh, Havoc's Astonishing X Men, which lasted for only four issues. It came out in 2018. Um, it followed, actually, we cut both of these, Psylocke's and Havoc's Astonishing X-Men. Um, that was, uh, the first run was by Charles Sewell. The second one was by Matthew Rosenberg. We felt like it wasn't so much, the first one wasn't so much a team. It's just sort of a collection of characters that happened to be in one place. And they just had mm. it was It was two action movies back to back and one was good and the other was bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Havoc's team, we really liked it, but it only lasted four issues, four or five issues. And then it kind of led into some of Rosenberg's stuff, other stuff like the Disassembled team that wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. We also cut out um, the current X-Men title, which is set in Krakoa, written by Jonathan Hickman, drawn by Lynn Francis Yu and a few other artists. The reason why we cut it, it's, it's not really a team. I feel it's just like a, a catch-all for Cyclops and any other character that he is sort of teaming up with. It doesn't match with our rubric at all right. in our scoring system, so we wouldn't be able to do it anyways. It's yeah. almost back to like, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's like more, yeah, at this point it's more of an anthology series, not even a soap opera. Like every issue is just some other different slice of life mm -hmm. of what's happening with these characters in this sort of new world. So. Yeah. It's I also great. think another good reason for cutting it is uh, it's it's pretty short. Uh, it's relatively recent. And it's kind of, I mean, I know it's not, I think there are some that might still be ongoing, but it's still ongoing. Right. Yeah, well, we that that wasn't one of the reasons why we cut it. It just it isn't a team book. It's one of the reasons why I supported cutting it. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, but Brent, you're wrong, so just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? When you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, what what one, else did we cut? We cut Amazing X-Men, and I actually forgot about this title until Clark reminded me. It was short-lived. It was first written by Jason Aaron and then taken over by Christios and uh, 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 Craig Kyle. Uh, and it was a spin-off of Wolverine and the X-Men. And it uh, featured a pretty classic team, but it also had Firestar, 
Um, it was okay, but it was also kind of unremarkable. It, I, when they had to I get will... Nightcrawler from hell slash heaven. Oh, yeah, that's how we found out. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say this is probably the one that will make people the maddest. I think this was the most legitimate run of an X-Men run um, that did not make it just so we could have Chuck Austin's <laughs> abortion of a let's, let's have that, two people that's... have sex in the air run just no. so we shit on it. In, so front like, of her, in front of her mother. In front of her mother, yeah. On top of her mother in the air, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it, but um, I think this is the one that sticks out the most for me in terms of a legitimate run. Yeah, I think so. Um, next up we cut was uh, Extraordinary X-Men, which came um, after Secret Wars, and it was uh, written by Jeff Lemire and drawn mostly by Humberto Ramos. It's a, a team led by Storm featuring Magic, Young Jean Grey, Old Man Logan, Nightcrawler, Iceman, and Colossus. And this is when the team was uh, based out of Limbo. Jeff Lemire is a wonderful writer. Humberto Ramos is a wonderful artist, but this team just never really came together. And because we had to cut this bracket down to 16 teams, we're like, this one's gotta go. And then- This is when, when the world was poisoned with, um, I'm gonna say coronavirus, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Terragenesis from, it was, this was um, X-Men versus Inhumans at the time. That's yeah. right. That's right. It was when they were trying to make that happen. Oh yeah, when Marvel wanted to make Inhumans the new X Men, it was just bad, 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 bad. Uh, and then uh, the final one from the X Men bracket that we cut was uh, Brian Woods' run of X Men. Um, he did his run with the X Women, but following that, he had a more traditional team, semi-traditional team featuring Colossus, Psylocke, Pixie, Storm, and Domino. Um, it just was. It was the one to make Colossus and Domino st start fucking. So I, I support that at least. Yeah, but Brian was also a piece of shit. So <laughs> cut him off. Very cool. Um So next up, we cut off was the Fallen Angels run uh, that just recently ended. That's based on Krakoa. Um, we just felt it really wasn't much of a team. It just was really sort of Psylocke's story with occasionally Young Cable and X-23 sort of coming in. They didn't even really feel like those characters. Um, just sort of an unremarkable and probably the one not great part of, um, of this sort of Dawn of X era. We also cut Hellions. The reason why <laughs> is it's only been one issue. <laughs> it's a, it's we cut a very strong start, but it's, you know, it's one issue. It could oh, you like Orphan Maker that much? Come on. If we, we cut, cut it... We I was gonna say, if we put it in, it'd be like uh, typical competitions, like I think of RuPaul's Drag Race, where someone's like, well, I've only been doing drag for a year, but I just yeah. don't have a talent for it. I would like knock out half of the books that are on our own. <laughs> well, we, 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 cut, we cut out the Krakoan X Factor too, because it's had zero issues so far. <laughs> True. And yes, and um, what's the other one? Children of the Atom? We didn't even count that one. Right. Uh, and then another one we cut, this is Brian Krull put this in here, and I'm just sort of raising my eyebrow a little bit. It's um, the Street New X-Men class. It was uh, oh. the Shepard Cuckoos, Long Neck, Forearm, Choir, Beak, Dust. The reason this, was the, this was the tail end of the New X-Men run yeah. where because the X-Men were basically disseminated, like they- <laughs> just that disseminated. word. Disseminated. <laughs> That's disseminated. <laughs> um, uh, that they they basically needed to put together a ragtag team of like X Men. So this is sort of the team that came together. Just to be clear, there's so a character this team in the universe was... called Long Neck. 
Yeah. What is it? What do they do? They have long necks. Yeah, I think you figured it, it out. It just has a neck that is long. Um, it's like so uh, this Andrew. Team, this team, I'm pretty sure Ryan just went through Wikipedia a lot because this team is mentioned in the Wikipedia. No, 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 no. I because no, I no. categorize teams in my head all the time, and this is one that I have at the later run of New X Men because I do it by like. Well, we don't then you get probably. Into wrote wikipedia the other way around because it literally says this exactly <laughs> does it really say yeah oh that's funny that's where i thought you got it from this no because it was like team. the special class yeah. that zorn yeah. put together this anyway. team was only a team for two issues which is my main reason for it not existing. i mean let's go and back to exterminators come on There's but not every, a other, no, every other up. team every other team had their own series or mini series this one did not this was just a team within. <laughs> this shit didn't have its own series. It was actually a promotional tie-in to Step Up to the Streets. And so they were like, Step Up to the Streets X-Men version. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, next up we cut was Mutant X. Uh, and this was spun off of the X-Factor series after Peter David left the first time. Yeah. And it was Havoc going to another universe. Uh, that's Havoc's brain up. going to another universe. Um, fe featuring a lot of supernatural characters, including Bloodstorm, who came in X-Men Blue, the most recent run of X-Men Blue. Uh, it was a different version of her, though. Right. Sure. Doesn't matter. Uh, Marvel <laughs> it does Woman. matter, because that makes it Mutant X even more removable. So uh, other characters feature were featured the Brute, um, uh, the Fallen, and Marvel Woman, which is Madeline Pryor's version of Jean Grey. Um, and the reason we cut it, as Clark has alluded to, it didn't take place in the 616. So we're like, let's take it off now. And we got to make room for others. Any more? I'm looking. No, I think that was the last one that we cut. Lots of pretty mediocre series that we felt comfortable about removing from this bracket. And and if anyone feels like we missed one of them, we also reviewed that one and we feel like it didn't make the list. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we really reviewed that one. So we're yeah. sorry about that. We just thought that that one character didn't play enough big of a role. So we didn't. And you know what? It's a continuing series. We thought we shouldn't review it. They could yeah. bring it back at any time. We can't. We, we have to wait until it's done. So, some might happy. say that creator is controversial now. So we didn't include it on your behalf. <laughs> the, so one stop. the hardest one to sort of cut up was Claremont uh, the first time around because he, he did a run for 16 years. And so figuring out like where to cut. Mm -hmm. It was really tough. So, you know, starting with Giant Size X-Men number one, how far do you go? I decided to go um, categorize it all the way up to like issue number 200, early 200s, because the team felt fairly consistent, even though there was some evolution. And then from there, starting with Mut Mutant Massacre, you really felt the team looked very different going into Fall of the Mutants, Inferno, the Outback era. Uh, and then into like when there was really no team and everybody was sort of dis dissipated from the Siege Perilous going up to the Muir Island saga. It, it felt like a pretty cohesive era where the X-Men was more of a concept than a team. Uh, and few characters came in and out. So that was the toughest to break up because uh, I thought about breaking it up even more, but we wanted to make sure we had enough room for a lot of other titles. Um... All right. 
happening as far as the schedule goes. Yeah, so we're going to be kicking off uh, next week on April 23rd. We'll be talking about uh, the X-Men region. So we'll do that entire region, all of the matchups, and then who will be moving on to the second round. Then uh, the following week, we'll do the young region on April 30th. Uh, and then May 7th, we'll do the miscellaneous. And then May 14th, we'll be doing paramilitary. And then following that, we'll, you'll see it on the bracket if you uh, visit it and fill it out. And then we'll just obviously take those second rounds. We'll start talking about them, go down to Sweet 16, Elite Eight, uh, and then the final four on June 18th, leading up to our big finale on June uh, 25th of who's going to be Team Mutant Supreme. Um, so you'll be hopefully keeping up with us every week, uh, comparing notes, filling out your own brackets. You know, we obviously get the final say, but there's also five of us with very varied opinions, even based on this conversation today. So it's going to be anybody's guess in terms of who actually makes it, uh, to the, to the finale. Right. So, uh, just as one last reminder, you, the listener can enter to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Uh, you, we have links available at our SoundCloud, which is Homo Superior Podcast, on iTunes, Homo Superior, Twitter, which is Homo Superior X, and Instagram, which is the Homo Superior Podcast. There, you'll find a link to our bracket, which you can make a copy of, and then email it to Homo Superior Podcast at gmail.com with the subject line Mutant Madness Bracket and your name. Again, that's Homo Superior Podcast at Gmail with a subject line, Mutant Madness bracket in your name. Please make sure you get your submissions in by Wednesday, April 22nd at midnight. All uh, right. Back on the air. And uh, we hope you guys will forgive us for our sound quality. Uh, <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye. 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 We miss you.